special presentation from Limit Break Radio. Welcome to the Final Fantasy XIV Fun Festival. The 2016 Final Fantasy XIV Fan Festival, live from the Paris in Las Vegas. This is even better than I imagined. Carlo. I give it a 10. Juxtaposition. Could you pretend to try? Escalia. I like unicorns. And Mika. Heroes never die. Thank you. Nice, nice to be in Vegas. LimitBreakRadio.com. Five, To FanFest 2016! Hey, what's up? It's Aniro here from 2016 FanFest hanging out with Ioke Matone, a listener to Limit Break Radio. What's up, Ioke? Not much. I'm here at FanFest. It's awesome. Dude, everyone is so hyped up. What are you most excited about? We're right on the edge of the keynote speech. It's going to get started here in just a second. What are you most hyped for? Uh, probably the merchandise line and the lore books and uh, all the shirts. Definitely the battle challenges. The battle challenges look really cool. They've got a whole bunch of hardware set up over there. Some really nice looking PCs. Some great PS4s. And, uh, you know, some of the mini games that they've got set up over there look really fun as well. They've got one that is uh, based off of the Typhoon Challenge out in the Gold Saucer. And uh, it just looks super, super cool. I am definitely looking forward to that. So is this your first FanFest? Yes, it is. Dude, welcome to FanFest. What do you think of everything? What do you think of the hall? It's gorgeous, isn't it? It's beautiful. The place, the entire hotel is just gorgeous as well, but being here with everybody else, it's incredible. Dude, they've done a phenomenal job setting up here and getting everyone hyped for FanFest. I think everyone's ready. Most everyone is in the hall. We're ready for this. Yoki, thank you so much for talking to me. Thanks for having me. All right, Limit Break Radio 2016 Fan Fest. It's Nero here hanging out with Xenosis Vex. I've probably slaughtered. Uh, it's all good. Xenosis Vex. There it is. I got it. Uh, so, all right, we're get, we're like hanging out right before the keynote. And what are you looking forward to the most? Like, I, you know, you're probably one of the biggest streamers on Twitch. What are you looking for Square Enix to come out and say to you that says, all right, this game is worth investing another year into? More raids. More raids. raids dog. More raids, man. So what did you think about the trend of the latest Alexander raid going easier? I mean, I know a lot of people have said, look, this is the step that needs to happen because we need more people involved in the raiding scene. There's just not enough bodies in the raiding scene. So what do you think of the ease of uh, difficulty? Uh, I mean, I think it was cool uh, because like Final Coil was a lot easier than second. It was clear within a week, but Final Coil's lifespan lasted months. Like, like, it, like Final Coil was arguably the longest lifespan of any raid, so hopefully this raid will follow that. Uh, this raid was easy, yeah, but is it fun? Fuck yeah. That's great. And what do you think that they could do to extend the life cycle of their raids? Like, just really easy, uh, you know, something that they could do, uh, you know, very quickly to start getting people like yourself who blow through the content very, very quickly. Give them a reason to keep doing it. 
just make savage versions of them like they did with Second Coil, except for, I guess, now I'd have to call something different, so brutal, super savage or some shit, but yeah, man, just redo that, you know, and I mean, this time, because there's no lockout anymore, you know, uh, it'll be, like, way more successful, I think. Great. Xenosis, thank you so much for your time, man. 2016 Fan Fest hanging out with Raven. Raven, what are you looking forward to most here at the Fan Fest? I am looking forward to seeing what the new expansion is going to be. I'm hoping that we get Magic Tech Knight because those Garlean bastards have been using it on us for the past, I don't know, 10 years since 1.0. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to use it against you. <laughs> All right, man. All right. So predictions on where we're going to go. What part of the continent are we going to see? Everyone is saying automatically Alamigo. We're going to push toward Gollumal. Do you think that that's where we're going? Uh, yes, I think that's where we're going to go first. And then after that, hopefully we're going to go after Doma because that was the second country of land that got attacked by the Garlean Empire that got wasted. So hopefully we're going to be able to liberate those areas next. And hopefully we... There was a weapon that was found, but it hasn't been implemented yet that needs to be destroyed. I'm thinking, what, Omega weapon? Am I correct with that? That sounds right. All right, so outside of Magitech Knight, what are you hoping in terms of a job? I'm hoping to see not only Samurai because of the Domain Lands, but also uh, a fan favorite that's been around for so long, Red Mage. Because I'm hoping to uh, be a Red Mage again because I did get to play an 11 while uh, using it with my uh, Ninja class where I got to do a lot of neat stuff while soloing. Thanks, man. Thanks, Raven, for hanging out and also for your support over the years. It's good talking to you. Good talking to you, Mr. Nero. Here we are, we're less than five minutes to the start of the keynote presentation here at 2016 Fan Fest. Limit Break Radio hanging out. We are not getting special treatment. We don't get to sit at the front. We sit with the people. Because we're not uh, we're not uh, media people, we don't we're not community figures. Right. And uh, Square Enix has finally just accepted that of us. So they're like, yeah, if you're not community figures, then sit with the other plebs. I, I believe that that takes our shackles off, right? Did, did we have shackles? Were, were we shackled? I don't think we were. I, maybe we, I don't know. Maybe we weren't. Anyway, uh, getting ready for uh, the very first presentation, the opening presentation here. Uh, sitting with uh, juxtaposition, hanging out. What are you most excited for? Uh, I'm definitely most excited about uh, getting the uh, Red Mage announcement because that is a thing that's going to happen here. You can uh, mark my words because I always make 100% true predictions. And I guess we'll see in just under five minutes whether or not that prediction is going to pay off. Although, I have to say, on the show, you have been pretty good at making accurate predictions. Yes, that is exactly true. And I, here's another prediction. I predict that the trailer that we're going to see here in less than five minutes is going to be hype as AF. Lit, lit uh, emoji fire three times, 100. Okay, all right. Well, uh, we are just about to start the presentation here from 2016 Fan Fest. Uh, I guess we'll see you on the other side of this amazing announcement.
team, Mr. Naoki Yoshida. So, this our second Final Fantasy XIV Fan Festival. Uh, we were able to show you our amazing trailer for 4.0. We are proud to officially announce our second major expansion, Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood. All right, here we are at the 2016 Fan Fest. All members of Limit Break Radio present. This is a rare opportunity. We're rarely all in the same place at the same time. We just got finished with the keynote as well as the opening ceremonies here at the 2016 Fan Fest, getting the Stormblood announcement as well as all of these really cool things that are going to be coming along. We're going to have our full wrap-up here in just a little bit. If you're listening to this on the podcast, we go through all of the clips that we do first, and then we'll get together and have a big wrap-up show here at the end. But the question I wanted to pose to you guys here, we are five minutes out from seeing this trailer, from seeing the presentation. What is the biggest thing that was just announced? We'll start with you, Kahlo. I think the thing that I'm most excited for is all those new areas. I mean, we've seen a lot of, like, beautiful, cool things. But even thinking about it right now, there's nothing, I think, in the game that is on the same epic scale as that opening shot of Railgar's Hamlet, whatever the heck it was. That huge, giant statue. That's like Lord of the Rings-level shit. No, I think just the general aesthetic of this one looks so amazing. The contrast between like the Garlean influence up against the Alamegan like culture that's been built there. The uh, just the general aesthetic of this one looks amazing. I mean, we all knew it was going to be Alamigo, but seeing it confirmed and hearing all the monk hype has got me really excited. So um, finally, my my top DPS is getting some love. Brand mage. 
we all knew Juxta would be excited about Red Maid. I would like to point out that the Scarlet Witch may be red, but her magic is more time reality related, so I'm hoping for Time Mage. Well, I don't... Uh, somehow, I doubt it will be Time Mage, but uh, Red Mage is probably the best working guest that we have based on last year's shirt reveal. We got another shirt reveal this year in the form of Scarlet Witch. For me, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is uh, the uh, new lands of Eureka. That seems like they are taking uh, some of... Uh, Final Fantasy XI's cues from things like Sea and Sky, and we have an endgame zone that's going to be attached to progression, and specifically gear progression, that might have NMs on 17-hour spawns. Nika? Do we really need that, though? Yes. Do we really? Yes, we do. I think we do. This is what this game needs. For a long time, we've had all of these different instance places to go. We have dungeons that we get every time, and we know that we're going to be keeping this same pattern, but now we've got Eureka uh, putting going on top of that as well, and I think that that is a, uh, a, a very... Uh, you know, hard, uh, you know, hardening uh, uh, announcement from Square Enix. The question is, though, is how is something like H&M's, which is such a hardcore competitive dynamic from Eleven, going to fit into this sort of middle core difficulty curve that they have going on in Final Fantasy XIV? Well, they've got to keep their veterans there somehow, and I think that this is a pretty good way to do it. It's a way to keep people engaged and a way to keep people playing. My prediction right now, it's not going to be competitive at all. It's going to be, you're going to fly there, and everyone's going to get credit like it's a hunt, but it's a 72-hour hunt that's going to spawn. It's Yeah, it's an S-rank hunt, but it's going to drop gear is the thing. Interesting, interesting. What do you think about a uh, hard raid on one patch, not hard raid on the next patch? Yeah, their new, their new suggestion for raiding cycles seems interesting. I think that this could be something that reinvigorates uh, the raiding scene. Uh, you know, because what's, what's generally the biggest problem that raiders have is that they check out for an entire patch. Like, not even just, like, they get through to the end of the content, but then they check out for the additional patch because they know that nothing is going to be there. And now, if they know that something is going to be there, you're going to get less disengagement. I think that's all for the better. Guys, we've got so much to do here out at FanFest 2016, and I don't want to take up all of your time. We've got tons of mini-games. We've got people to interview. We've got... Uh, uh, you know, we've got performances and panels to check out. Guys, what are you looking forward to most here on day one? Oh, jeez. Uh, concerts. Susan? Um, I don't even know what there is, so I'm going to go check out some of the challenges. Dude, I want to check out that uh, 24 Alliance raid over there with the Proto uh, Ultima. That's going to be hype. Yeah, that seems really, really cool. Guys, we are live here at 2016 Fan Fest. We'll be back with you with more interview clips and, of course, our wrap-up show here in just a little bit. Thanks for hanging out. Shit, here comes the girl. All right, this is Kyle Landis in juxtaposition from Limit Break Radio at Fan Fest 2016. I want to talk to some fans about what they think of the new upcoming expansion, Stormblood. So uh, first, what's your, your server and your name? Um, I'm Altyson Noct from Midgard Stormer. And what's the thing that you are most hyped for about Stormblood? Uh, the raids. Easily the raids. Um, they haven't announced any of the raids yet, but I'm, I'm all for the raids. Do you have any kind of clue what we might see as far as a raid goes in either 24-man or the 8-man content? For the 8-man content, I'm highly inclined to believe that it's going to be centered around the Garlean Empire because um, they've subjugated Alamigo, which is where we're going next. 
So it would make sense that we'd see something like uh, the Ultima Weapon again or the Omega Weapon. So I'm really excited about that. All right. Well, thank you so much for your feedback. Enjoy the rest of your uh, Fan Fest. All right. So here we are at Fan Fest. Limit Break Radio. I'm Kyle Alanis. I'm with Juxtaposition, my microphone man. And here we are with... Zara's Hylian. Of? Sargitanus. Oh, that's right. He's on Swagatanus too. All right. So tell me, what is your favorite thing about Stormblood so far that you've seen? Uh... I don't know. There's just so many great things that were announced at the uh, keynote. I would have to say it's really lame, but I hate the item uh, inventory right now. So I am super hyped for the expansion on the inventory. Well, and to be fair, a lot of people are too. I mean, it's something that's definitely needed. And even the inventory space we have is spread out so much. Yep. And when you look at how they handle it back in FF11, they need to find a smarter way to deal with this. Now, what do you think the difficulty is going to be like going forward? Because right now, we've seen a lot of decline in the difficulty, but it looks like they want to commit to making harder content going into 4.0. Uh, I actually I have a lot of hope. I've actually been kind of off put by the difficulty so far. I mean, Osmo was really cool. And the battle panel has a lot of hope for a Savage Ozma coming soon, which is going to be sweet. Uh, but I think they, I think they're kind of teasing it possibly a third difficulty for raids, which would be nice. So maybe something harder than Savage for the more hardcore players. But I guess if it's anything like T12 or like the whole final tier of Alexander where they really lowered the difficulty, I hope they bump it back up to Ozma level of difficulty. So I, I, th- I think they're going to do. So I think they're going to do more. All right, and out of the jobs that have been theorized so far, what are you most looking forward to? If Red Mage comes, I'm going to say Red Mage. When I played 11, I, I went Red Mage, and I think it will be a really fun DPS class. So what happens when Red Mage comes out and it's a healer? I guess I will, I'll be a full-time healer. I, I think it would be a lot of fun healing, too. So. All right, well, great. Thank you so much for your time. 2016 Fan Fest Limit Break Radio reporting live from the Paris Hotel. I'm here with good friend of the show, Ethis Asher. Ethis making the long journey all the way out to Vegas. How you doing, man? A very long journey. Jesus, like 20 hours of traveling, pretty jet lagged, but mixing that with the hype, I don't know. I feel like I'm on something, dude. I'm so like. So we just wrapped up the opening presentation, Yoshi P getting on stage and announcing Stormblood, the new expansion, 4.0. Finally, we've got a name, we've got a direction, we know where we're going. What was the most interesting thing about the trailer from your perspective? Well, to be fair, we've known that we're heading towards Giribanya and Alamigo for quite a while. The most interesting thing about the trailer for me, without a doubt, is that uh, I'm... 99% 99% sure that that new I mean everyone's saying it's a dancer I think it may well be dancer uh, whatever it is it's Eater yeah that's what I the the red dress that's absolutely as soon as I saw the blonde hair I'm like oh there we go we've got we've got Eater it'll be really interesting to see as a character how they end up opening her up because we've gotten little hints that she has some great importance in the land of Alamigo and so now as we move towards that and she starts taking her central role as, you know, let's ostensibly call it the figurehead of the expansion, how is that going to change, where, you know, the narrative direction? And the other thing, too, is, is that we've had a lot of these narrative threads put to bed in 3.4. That's true. Yeah, yeah, we have had a lot of them put to bed. Um, and honestly, Ada's one is just starting to pick up now. 
Uh, I've theorized, I did a video like a couple of months ago, which uh, seems to be like pretty on the ball at the moment. Um, I think that she's most likely an heir to the throne, that she's uh, a daughter or a granddaughter of Theodoric, the King of Ruin, uh, who's been hidden uh, by, you know, resistance members and then uh, subsequently by Louis Swan. That's how she came to be with the Circle of Knowing, because I mean, let's face it, like, she doesn't belong in the Circle of Knowing. She's not Charlene. She's she's always been an insider, or I'm sorry, she's always been an outsider as as far as um, you know the the circle of knowing and the Charlans are concerned. And you know, one of the things that really interested me was you know Yoshi P called the male character in that trailer the the same character that was that had transformed into the dragoon, yes. but he looked a lot different. I, I actually thought that this was the first time we've had a trailer where we've truly put the Warriors of Darkness to bed as well. I agree with that. We do look different. What I thought was really interesting is that we look older. And uh, one, of, one of like the canonical problems we have is obviously trying to work out the amount of time that's passed because there's a big difference between you know real world time, time that appears to pass in game and you know what's actually passing in Heinlein uh, canonically. I have a feeling that at this, at this point we've come at least you know a couple of good years from a realm reborn. Um, and I'm really, really interested to see how uh, how other characters have aged. How like Alfino and Alize will have aged because Alfino aged a little bit going into Heaven's Ward. And honestly, let's be real, Alfino like he's the main character of Final Fantasy XIV. Like like it or not, he is absolutely. And I think, and I've said this before that you know by 5.0, 6.0, we're going to see him becoming a young man and kind of more and more filling the role of uh, of Archon and becoming something more like his grandfather. I'm really, really excited to see. Uh, where that goes for him and, and the uh, the other silence. Absolutely. Uh, last question for you, uh, because this is this is something that I think is uh, really fascinating. But uh, where you know where do you see the uh, the um, motivations of this new Legatus lying? Because we've got we've got a really interesting setup for. Uh, you know, for a narrative where we've got the um, the occupation of El Amigo for 20 years, and now we've had we have two generations: one that sees Garlemald as an occupying force, and the other one who that's all they've known. That's the only rule that they've ever known, and the dichotomy that exists between those two groups. I think that this is going to be a really fascinating thing to play with, and I'm curious if you have any off the rip predictions. Well. The, uh, the consolidation of, you know, each conquered city-state into the Galean Empire, that, that's Gaius's MO, that's what he's all about. Uh, this Legatus is, is new, he's very new, he's going to be taking a different approach. We're looking at the moment at, like, a possible summoning of Ralga. I think the difference he might be going for is in realizing that it's not just the beast tribes that are capable of summoning primals. Humans are going to start summoning primals. And I think he might be going for a cleansing, to be honest. I think he might be Hitler. Interesting. See, now, my, my initial impression was that he was about maintaining the rule in Alamigo, and that was his sole focus. It, it, you know, you've seen a lot of these other Legatuses that have come out and they've had grand visions, grand plans, and they want to expand. But Alamigo... Once they formed that pocket in Alamigo, they stayed there, and they, they ruled very, very effectively. And you have to wonder if that's 
not in part due to its proximity to Garlemald, but also that may be the goal of this new Legatus is to stay there, embed himself, because sure. we don't know. We've seen some very interesting, uh, you know, some very interesting landscapes, including this mountain that looks like it has a gigantic yeah. divot taken out yeah. of it. We have no idea what what is sitting underneath those lands yeah. and what he could possibly be protecting at this point. Uh, yeah, that's that's absolutely true, and uh, you know, Alamigo at the moment is a huge asset for the Empire. It's something that they're going to want to sit on. But at the same time, I think we need to raise the stakes. I think we need a new Nail Vandanas, and I think we need someone who's uh, not satisfied to suffer the Eorzeans to live, which is something that Gaius, you know, he wanted us to join him. He thought himself as like a father for all Eorzeans. I think we're going to find someone else like Nail who wants to completely exterminate us. So a complete antagonist. Yes, I hope so. I think that's what we need at this time. A big baddie. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that you're right. Ethis Asher, we always appreciate your time here on Limit Break Radio. Make sure you check out his channel, twitch.tv slash Ethis Asher, as well as youtube.com slash Ethis Asher, where you can find all of his amazing lore videos, as well as uh, dungeon walkthroughs and uh, amazing stuff. I, I, I am such a huge fan of your content, and it's been such a pleasure to be able to meet you. Thanks, Anira. Here we are with Joe Never Fails, PvP enthusiast, and uh, we might as well say expert in the land of Eorzea. How you doing, buddy? Doing really well. My voice is going, but I'm having so much fun. Got to maintain that vocal consistency, man. All right, so the uh, the PvP thing is uh, they're starting to they're getting ready to announce the uh, the winners of the people who've been selected for it, right? And I hear you're gonna you're gonna be playing somewhat of a kind of pivotal role in this whole thing. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm incredibly incredibly grateful and honored to be. Uh, actually doing the commentary for the live broadcast uh, tomorrow on Saturday from 1 p.m. PST till 3 p.m. PST. I'm super hyped for it. That is absolutely incredible. And it's all going to be going down live. You're going to be commenting on it live? Absolutely. We're uh, uh, basically doing a bit of an introduction to PvP, explaining what the feast is, how Adrenaline Rush works, and culling time, and uh, talking a little bit about 3.4 content like dueling, and then we'll be doing interviews with the teams in between, uh, commenting on the live broadcast and the live matches, and then the winner of the uh, exhibition tournament will be facing the dev team live, which is incredible. Very, very cool. Oh, that is amazing. So uh, who else is going to be commentating with you? I'll be with Matt Hilton, the uh, community leader. All right, excellent. Now, uh, we obviously saw a whole crap load of stuff earlier during the uh, the first panel. What has you most excited? What are you most hyped for? Uh, I'm always most excited for PvP, but for me, for, for 4.0, with everything coming out, the... I really get excited a lot about the the energy of the game itself. So, like when we saw from 2.0 to 3.0, the, uh, the the journey that the story took through uh, fighting Bahamut and confronting Bahamut, and uh, then the story, the, like basically the shift through Ishgard and fighting all the dragons and everything. For me to see this like really exciting new area full of life, full of sun, uh, potentially talking about you know the gods and that type of story, uh, the backstory with Alamigo is very very interesting. I like that kind of stuff. I always will take it straight to PvP. I'm always always looking forward to the potential of, and now confirmed by Yoshi P with the question that I asked that with a little bit of more fan support and a little bit more fan feedback that we will see something like an open world PvP server and a PvP dedicated server for us in the future in 4.0. So I'm not in the beginning, but we'll get it at some point in 4.0. So I'm very excited about that because for me, like this video game is so beautiful. The, the battles are so well crafted. The mechanics are incredible, but to not have that same type of support in the PvP aspect, fantastic PvE, but lackluster PvP. 
when when both parts of that game are running then we've got a world-class MMO and I, I honestly believe in my heart the best MMO in the world so I want to see it real bad all right, that's incredible. One more question for you. During the Q&A, you asked about the open world PvP, and you challenged Yoshi to a one-on-one, -on -one, and he kind of sidestepped the challenge. What do you got to say to that? Honestly, I feel like he's kind of scared. I, uh, I I want to battle him, and I, I just want to, in like terms of fun, like like just challenge the creator, you know, the director, the producer of this game to a match. I want to see how serious he is about PvP, because... You know a lot about the guy and about how passionate he is, about how well he knows what it is. I know he works hard. I know he's got a lot of stuff going on, but I, I want to see how he can wheel and deal on his Black Mage. And I, I think that it would be really exciting for him to... to I, I think it would be exciting for him to engage. So I, I'm going to keep challenging him. And I've, I've, been, I've been setting up something a little behind the scenes, so I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it goes down. All right, well, we obviously don't have a whole lot of sway with it, Bellman, over at Limit Break Radio, but we know that our fans do because they listen. So anybody who listens to this, official forums, email, call GMs, whatever it is you need to do, let them know that you want to see a one-on-one -on -one with Joe Never Fails versus Yoshi. Thank you so much for your time, Joe. All right, here we are, Limit Break Radio, together with a few more of the fans here at FanFest. Uh, can I get your names and server? Uh, Ari Sue from Ultros. Uh, Lynn Layla from Ultros. And what is it that you guys are most excited for after seeing the opening cutscene for Stormblood? <laughs> oh, oh, we, we have a third one too. What was your name? Sorry, Kamikata from Ultras. Also, <laughs> all right. So let's go around the let's go around the room here then. Um, probably like the new zone in general, new zones, new story. Railgar's Hamlet or whatever whatever it was called. Yeah, it looks pretty epic, like Lord of the Rings ish. All right, and uh, you, monks, monks. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you know this, but we've actually already had monks in the game. We do, but you see that? That had me grinning the whole time. I assume you're a monk main then? Yes, I am indeed. <laughs> Alright, and lastly? Uh, pretty much, um, you know, all the new areas, but the uh, the reveal of the uh, secret third, third, third job class, the, uh, the cannon guy. Oh, you think that that was a soft confirm for cannon here? Yeah, that's cannon, cannon cleaner. All right, so so what's the main weapon gonna be? Is he, are you gonna have to carry a cannon around the whole time? He's gonna carry that little um, that little thing that he's cleaning it with. It's a blunt weapon. Oh, not even a cannoneer, just the cannon cleaner. Yeah, cannon cleaner, confirmed. He's wearing light armor. He's ready. All right, excellent. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your fan fest. Limit Break Radio at the 2016 Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest. I'm here hanging out with a previous Fan Fest attendee. We talked to him two years ago. I'm hanging out with Rain. What's up, Rain? Doing good. How about you? All right. So I got to know, what was your reaction to the trailer that we saw start off the day? Dancer. You thought So you thought Dancer right off the rip. What made you think that? Just the dance moves that she was doing. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's still a monk, though. But... There's a, there's a huge hint of Dancer in there. So speaking of the woman in red from the trailer, a lot of people seem to be under the impression that that is straight up Yida. Do you think that's Yida? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Well, Yida is a monk, so it would make sense. It would make sense. And I think that that's the way that they've been moving narratively uh, because we've seen, you know, we've seen the crack in her mask. And uh, now we've started to see, you know, little hints of her face and that her face is a big deal and that it's been hidden for a reason. You think that, that, that you know, she could be an heir to the Alamegan throne? That could be it. Man, that is crazy now that I think about that. Yeah, that could be her. 
Yeah, I, I think that that's a fairly decent working theory that that's Ida in the opening trailer. All right, so we saw a lot of cool stuff, including the new Hamlet that we're going to be uh, hanging out in. Uh, I would I would assume that that looks like our new Idleshire. Uh, and, and what's interesting is that it's not Alamigo. We do know that Alamigo is contested territory and that a big narrative part of this expansion is going to be taking it back. So what do you expect to see in terms of of Alamigo as a city or as a zone? Thinking a zone, hopefully like campaign style, where we're taking over just little bits and pieces of the Garlean Empire thing to have. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that uh, having a widely contested area where all three of the nations are, and, and uh, Ishgard as well, are all coming together to uh, square off against the Garlean Empire, and you know, what kind of, because uh, we heard this a little bit, you know, we've got two uh, generations of, uh, of of citizens in Alamigo. We've got the people who are old enough to remember Garlean occupation and remember a time before Garlemald. And then you've got, you know, this, this 20 years of occupation and a new generation that that's all they've ever known. What do you, do you expect to see, uh, you know, a lot of conflict uh, rising out of this? Like, what, what kind of, you know, what kind of, uh, of conflict do you see arising from this kind of dichotomy? Uh, I would probably say we're probably going to see a lot of people just hating the Warrior of Light. It's trying to come in and, you know, take over. And they're going to be like, why are you here? We've been living like this for, you know, 30 years, 20 years. So that, that could be the biggest conflict I'll see. You know, it's interesting because there was, uh, you know, we heard uh, 10 years ago the idea of being greeted as liberators. And I'm kind of curious, you know, is a theme like that going to pop up? Is, you know, us coming into Alamigo and, and you know, the, the attitudes of the people who are already living there, I, you know, that's, I think that that's such a fascinating uh, uh, attitude to play with. And, you know, when you have a population that you're trying to fight to liberate that maybe doesn't even want to be liberated, what kind of messes that ends up creating? Uh, got me on the spot there. <laughs> It's, uh, it's interesting. All right. Well, Rain, we're going to let you go and uh, continue enjoying the event. Uh, you got any shout outs? Uh, everyone to Bomb Moon, especially Rexus Grimm that can make it. Hopefully he can make it next year or the following year with us. Thanks, Rain. All right. So uh, first, what's your name and what's your server? I say Malcolm. I say server is Balmung. Oh, Balmung. I thought I was like, doing a good job avoiding those so far. All right, well, first of all, your cosplay that you have here is freaking amazing. I'm going to get a picture, but before we leave, uh, how long did it take you to put this together? Put this together? Honestly, it hates me to admit, but this is a pay-to-win kind of deal here. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, what is it that you are most excited for for Stormblood? Stormblood? Mm, I am actually amazed that it, uh, Red Mage is coming out now. You think it's Red Mage? Mm, what else would it be? All right, so is is Red Mage going to be a healer or a DPS, you think? Honestly, we have enough DPS as it is right now. I would honestly be surprised if it was a mage tank. Oh, a mage tank. Going a lot of left field there. All right. So tell me, what we saw here, let's say, in the, in the opening cinematic, what do you think was the most visually stunning about it? A lot, of, a lot had to do with the whole monk's, monk little schematics of it. I mean, all the flares and blues and uh, reds that flow around really made it really stand out to what people wanted to see. All right, well, great. Thanks so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your Fan Fest.
Alright, so uh, first can I get your name and server? Titus Kathir from Exodus. Alright, uh, so how are you enjoying FanFest so far? Loving it, I think this is great. I, the the uh, costume contest was incredible, cosplay was amazing. I uh, really like the bard outfit, that was, that was really cool. Is this your first year year, or were you at the one-off from two years ago? This one in 2014. Alright, and which do you think did a better job? Uh, they both have their strengths and weaknesses. I really, uh, you know, the first year was a little rough. It was a little organized, like, you know, kind of a little bit all over the place, but that roughness kind of gave it some spirit and character. This one, I think there's, you know, the, uh, the merch line was kind of a mess. The lines was kind of a mess. Fit a lot of people in here, and that's always great. All right, so there is some speculation going around that the uh, lady in red that we saw in the trailer was Yida of the Scions of the Seventh Dawn. What do you think about that? She is absolutely that. I was on Reddit immediately, like, oh my god, guys, is, is, everybody knows this, right? And they're like, somebody's like, oh, it's her sister. I'm like, hey, she doesn't have a sister? Who says she has a sister? All right, well, great. And what was your favorite thing so far that you've seen? What are you most hyped about in Stormblood? I'm, this is dumb, but I'm really hyped about the inv updated inventory. As somebody who, uh, who plays every single class, I'm really hurting on inventory space right now, so I'm looking forward to that the most. All right, well, great. Thank you so much for your time. 2016 FanFest. It's Nero here. I'm hanging out with a longtime show listener, Shintasin. Uh, he's been a dude. You've been you've been ever you've met Nika out at other uh, other gatherings before, and uh, and been a, a longtime supporter in the chat room. What's going on, Shint? Uh, not too much. I'm just you know doing what I do at normal. I normally do at conventions. Just you know hanging around, walking around, taking everything in. First time I've been to a convention that's dedicated to one video game. So the focus is definitely there, and I know what I'm in for. Unlike you know things like PAX, where there's a multiple, you know, multiple amount of things to just go focus on. So it's kind of a nice, relaxed space. Everyone knows you know what to talk about, you know what to converse about. So socially, as well as just like in a convention setting, really good, and so definitely enjoying myself. So it, there is something unique that happens with FanFest because we're all Final Fantasy players. We know you're right. The context is there right off the rip. You know, how do you interface with these people? How do you get to know, you know, how do you get to know them? What do you talk to them about? It's automatically right there with the Fan Fest. So I want to ask you about the opening presentation that we had. We saw the trailer this morning. We got to see that keynote speech by uh, Yoshi P showing off a whole bunch of new stuff that's supposed to be in 4.0. What are you most excited for 4.0? I mean, a number of different things. I'm not like a big person on lore, per se. I mean, I will definitely read up on lore whatsoever, but I'm definitely interested in all the current events that are happening. So I'm definitely interested in going and step, you know, put my steps into Alamigo. So that's number one. Uh, number two, definitely being a big part of Final Fantasy XI way back in the day. Definitely excited that, you know, based on the shirt, that we're definitely going to be seeing Red Mage so far in the future. I mean, that's definitely a given. So I'm kind of interested in on those two particular things. I kind of wish we got more information on that more so, but uh, I was also, uh, the opening scene, kind of upset that I thought I was seeing Dancer at first, and then it turned out to be Monk, but I kind of expected it, kind of like a, I guess you could kind of say like a deterrent to what's actually happening, but I can totally see it. Every job, every um, expansion pack is so far beginning, you know, is, you know, a pet job. So I can definitely see the reason for the shift, so. Yeah, absolutely. We saw it in Heaven's Word that the focus was going to be mainly on Dragoons. We know moving towards El Amigo, we've got the long history in the monk job quests about Alamigo, the conflict that existed there before the Garleans even entered the picture, 
And what's interesting, though, you know, I think a lot of people forget this plot point is that the Garleans were involved with information warfare, turning the two sides of Alamigo against one another. And what I think is going to be the most interesting moving forward is this dichotomy between the two generations that you have. You've got the generation that remembers what Alamigo was like before Garlean occupation, and then you've got this other generation that's all they've ever known has been Garlean occupation and might be okay, not just okay with it, but actively support it and think that it's the right move. And so when we come in there as quote-unquote liberators, how exactly are we going to be viewed by the denizens of Alamigo? I think that this is a really fascinating plot point and one that I can't wait to see expanded on. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things like the Garlean Empire is definitely one of those interesting enemies because as like an empire, it's not only just on military might, like they definitely have their focuses on a number of different things and they all do seem to do it very systematically and then very thoroughly. So definitely when you take over like a particular, you know, like when you definitely occupy a particular space as an empire, you definitely want to do a number of different things. You want to, of course, establish your rule, but then you also want to make sure that your presence and like your influence is definitely there. And like, that's just way that an empire definitely works and I kind of like the fact that it's almost in a way it's kind of like Gundam like Gundam didn't really portray a person where it's like hey this is the good guy hey this is the bad guy they actually portray it and like it's like hey this is how we feel about one particular thing and this is how the other side feels about a particular thing and they're at war with each other and yes they don't particularly agree but you know one side has a set of you know, great ideas. The other side has a set of great ideas. And that's what's going on with, co- you know, with the conflict. And I kind of like that it's just like, uh, we're not, we're fighting them because they're evil. It's definitely not that. I mean, the Garleans definitely have their, pl- you know, foothold in the world because of their own particular beliefs. And yes, the way that they go about as an empire, you know, an empire doesn't really have, you know, all the, I guess, proper motivations and like maybe the proper, you know, thoughts of like, a society where they, you know, everything has to be positive and whatnot. But it's definitely nice to see that Final Fantasy is definitely taking, with this particular game, is definitely taking a role where we're actually expanding upon what is exactly in their mindset and not just the fact that, oh, we're super evil and we're very intimidating, we're just going to go ahead and take over everything. They're doing it for a reason, and they believe that that reason is just, and the way that they go about it, maybe the ends don't justify the means, but it's at, it's nice to know that we're going to get some insight on it, and that I'm definitely appreciative of. I really like that point that the Garlean Empire, as we've seen their motivations unfold over, yeah, really, you know, 1.0, 2.0, and now 3.0, we get a very muddled idea of what exactly this gigantic city-state wants because it seems like every leader has a different endgame. Each Legatus has had a different relationship with the Orzean people, and even the Emperor has a unique relationship with the way that they view the Eorzean people. And, you know, for as much as they've been an antagonist in this entire, uh, you know, this entire narrative, I don't think that their motivations are inherently evil. I think that they've got ideas that they think are best for the realm and that they're trying to see those through to fruition for the benefit of all. And that we're 
you know, as the player, we're put in this position to, you know, dichotomy, put in a, a, a dichotomous position to, to oppose them and to oppose that idea. But when you get right down to the heart of it, I don't know that they're wrong. I don't know that they're evil. I don't know that they're bad. They just have a different idea of what will constitute peace and unity throughout the realm. And and that's exactly it. Like it's one of those things like uh I'm sh- I'm not sure if I should be saying this with 3.4 just ending, but you know, we got an insight to what the warriors of darkness were trying to achieve. And in the end, yes, the what they were willing to go ahead and sacrifice to make sure that their world was go ahead and set straight. Yes, uh the destruction of one world to save their own and so justify the means, but we know why they're doing it. And I can guarantee you that maybe like at the very minimum, three out of five people would go ahead and definitely sacrifice another world if it meant the saving of your own. And with the Garlean Empire in this particular one, I kind of like the fact that it's with global conquest in a way, which is what they're essentially trying to do, in a me- but they're trying to do it because of a particular reason. As your empire grows, uh, basically, people that join in from different regions have their own idea to do it. So if you particularly give someone in a certain region the power to go ahead and rule that as you see fit, they're going to rule with what they believe is justified and their particular means. And I kind of like that it's kind of like, okay, we want to conquer the world because we feel that the primals are, you know, the most evil thing in this particular world and we need to go ahead and subjugate them. And I kind of like the fact that people, you know, either think their own idea about that or a ruler of a particular region will go about doing it their own way or they have their own motivation on it. So I kind of like the fact that like not everyone is just like part of a single mind tank. And I kind of like the fact that as the empire grows, people's ideas within the empire grow or their motivations to do whatever they want or even just like committing to an upheaval of power within the empire uh, goes along with it. Like it's not just, you know, everyone is going for the same thing. It's really what it is. It's like different parts of the world have their own objective and they're going to go ahead and see it for they may do it underneath one particular flag but they have their own motivations for doing it or they may even have their own plans to just do something that might be slightly different from that and i kind of like the fact that as the story progresses we're not going to go ahead and get all the answers because if we got all the answers about the garlean empire this game would have been over with the garlean empire and they would have had to go ahead and shift onto something i kind of like that there's a consistent force that we don't know everything about but we slowly find everything and I kind of like their story building with the Garlean Empire. It's actually one of the more intriguing enemies within the Final Fantasy series in itself, and I really appreciate that. Absolutely, and yeah, and I think that those complicated motivations for what keeps the Garlean Empire moving forward and, and pursuing their goals, I think that that is going to be both very important and very central to 4.0, but also one of the most interesting plot points overall in Final Fantasy XIV. Shintasin, thank you so much. It's been an interesting conversation. Uh, we appreciate your support, and every time that you call in, uh, any shout-outs you want to give? Uh, I'll go ahead and give a shout-out to Malkythera Sage and all the other members of my new uh, Static Raid group. Uh, we've actually done Sophia Excellent about a day, so like this is probably the biggest progression I've had with a raid group, so I have a feeling we're going to be doing a lot more going forward, exploring the realms of Eorzea together and conquering everything that seems forth. Um, other than that, uh, just my free company, uh, Golden Ratio, over on uh, Ultros. Awesome. Shintasin, thanks for talking to me. All right, so first, uh, your name and your server? Uh, Kitty Overlord Belmung. Another Belmung. 
Uh, so what is it you are most looking forward to in Stormblood? In what? And what are you most looking forward to in the expansion? Um, the new class, really. <laughs> Which new class? No one knows. I don't know what it is. It could be a dancer or red mage. Would you prefer dancer or would you prefer red mage? Probably the red mage. And would it be a tank class, DPS, or melee? Or, sorry, healer? I'm hoping it's like Bard, where it's like a support DPS. So, I'm hoping for that. Alright, well thank you so much for your time. Alright, 2016 Fan Fest, Limit Break Radio, hanging out, reporting live here from the Paris Hotel. And I am hanging out with Jen, who just won second place up on the costume contest. Congratulations, your costume is amazing. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about what it took to put this amazing costume together. Um, well, it took, in total, about 150 hours. Wow. The top skirt was hand-embroidered. The hat was hand-embroidered as well. I had a couple of hiccups with the weapon itself because it had to be redone a couple of times. I started out with one method. It didn't work out, so I had to just scrap that and start over again. It was crazy. Well, and you were responsible for making Satori's costume uh, two years ago, which was the uh, the the yes, the Hildebrand in the in the dress, which was one of uh, you know one of the convention's favorite. The, everyone talked about the Hildebrand costume. Yes, everyone still remembers it, absolutely. And so, uh, obviously, you're very talented at this. Uh, how long have you been cosplaying? Thank you. Um, I only, believe it or not, I only started cosplaying about five years ago. I have been sewing since I was very little. Um, my my great-grandmother taught me how to, and I just took over from that. That is really amazing. So what was it like being up on that stage with all of those other crazy, impressive costumes? Did you think that you had a chance to win? I thought I was going to puke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... You um, I was very nervous. I honestly thought I was going to pass out. I was that nervous. Um, I was happy just to make the top 20. I was like, holy crap, I made the top 20. So I got up there, and next thing I know, I'm number two. So That's amazing. Well, congratulations. Again, you, got, you did such an amazing job. I, I, every detail is there, and uh, I, I just have to say that I'm so impressed. And seeing it up close... The work that's gone into this is amazing. You guys got to check it out. Make sure you check it out. I'm sure it's all over Twitter. I'm sure it'll be all over the FanFest webpage. But uh, seriously, Jen, fantastic job. Thank you so much. All right, uh, first, can I get your name and your server? Sure. I'm Kiridalia on Leviathan server. Okay, and first of all, your cosplay is amazing. How long did that take you to put together? Um, well, it's my help with my boyfriend, my mother, and me for about three days. All of this in three to four days? Yes. Two days. That is amazing. How come you're not up there on stage? Well, I mean, I wasn't sure if I'd get it totally done, you know? And, yeah. I mean, I just didn't want the pressure of the competition. All right. Fair enough. Well, let me ask you. What are you most looking forward to in the new expansion? New areas. Maybe the new jobs. I'm kind of hoping for Geomancer, but we'll see. Um, the graphics look amazing in comparison. When the trailer first came up, I wasn't even sure if it was Final Fantasy XIV they were showing at first because it was like it was such a difference. But yeah, I think. Yeah, I could definitely tell a huge difference just in that opening cinematic as well. If we got Geomancer, what kind of role do you think that would fill in a party? I would guess DPS. 
Probably DPS. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. All right. Uh, first, can I get your name and server? KVXL at Mantois. Ah, yes. Finally, someone who's not from Belmont. Uh, first of all, what are your impressions of FanFest 2016? I didn't go to the last one, but this one's pretty impressive. I do think even a bigger venue would have been nice since the tickets sold out so quickly, and I know a lot of people on Reddit were pretty upset about that. I think a little more activities would have been nice. The minigames were nice, but it was kind of just, eh, you just do it to get the triple try cards, which I loved. I thought that was nice, though. Well, Reddit being upset isn't anything new. What is it that you are most looking forward to in Stormblood? The new jobs. Is, is there any job in particular that you are most hyped for? Red Mage, if it comes out. And would you prefer that be a tank, a DPS, or a healer? He says tank. I don't know, honestly. Okay. Yes. All right, great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Please help me welcome to the stage our pianist, Dayan Daskaloff, and singer, Susan Calloway.
You're here with Limit Break Radio. We're doing our live wrap-up program as uh, we have just gotten out of the amazing piano concert featuring Susan Calloway. What an emotional, amazing performance that was put on by uh, uh, by the FF14 crew. Uh, we've had an amazing year of FanFest announcements. We've got 4.0 to talk about. Joining me, we've got everyone in the LBR cast, every single person. And guess what? You guys were the ones that helped us get out here this year. So we want to send a huge shout out and thank you to our patrons who have been loyal supporters from us from the word go. Thank you so much for uh, for all of your support and allowing all of us to get out here this year. So we've got Kala, we've got Nika, who's dressed in, in Iceheart cosplay. We've got Juxta and we've got... Uh, What's your name again? I forget you. Galia? Yeah, that's Good Lord. Uh, eight different names. It's been a long time. So we are, uh, by the way, just so everyone's aware, we're, we're having to share mics. We're, uh, we're right out here live outside of the convention hall. Lots of people streaming through. But I want to talk to you guys first. What did you think of all of the announcements that we got right out of the gate for 4.0 and, uh, and the new expansion? Obviously, when it comes to mechanical stuff, lore stuff, like watching that amazing fight scene between who between who might be Yida and uh, and then the Warrior of Light, that's all one thing. But I think the thing that surprised me most was the amount of technical changes we're going to see. Inventory expansion, huge improvement server size. PS3 is having their support drop. Thank Yay. Lord. Yes. Railgar. Oh yes. my God. Yes. Uh, but there was a lot of other exciting announcements too, like new jobs. We got the confirmation that we're going to be getting new jobs with this latest expansion. And we got soft confirmed Red Mage. Juxta, yes. I want to hear from you. You so actually pre you predicted Red Mage was going to be coming out. Now, now, okay, this is your job. Okay. How do you how are you feeling, man? I'm actually super stoked right now because in 11, I was Red Mage and then transitioned into Ninja, so now it's the opposite. I'm going to transition from Ninja into Red Mage. I'm going to... It's going to be a healer. My next prediction, it's going to be a healer. Okay. We're going to have rapiers and it's going to be it's going to be crazy. So now, do you think that the preview for our job abilities, do you think that that came from Alize or do you think that that came from Ilbert? You know, I think it came from Alize. I don't you think? think I don't like when Ilbert, that was in a cutscene, but Alize, that was combat. Yeah. So I think, I think Alize, if we want to look for Red Mage hints, we got to look to Alize. All right. Uh, Nika, I'd like to hear from you. You've been dressed up in cosplay all day. Uh, I'm sure you've been, I'm sure you've been inundated with people wanting to get pictures and everything. How was your FanFest experience this year, especially compared to last year, because you didn't dress up last year? Yeah, it's very different. Um, I didn't, surprisingly enough, I've been equally wanted for photos for LBR as well as for my cosplay, which is really, really cool. Um, but it, it's definitely been a lot different. It's harder to get things done being in costume because, you know, yeah. you're always getting people asking for photos. But with the way that they set up the live quest this year, it's the lines are not as long because you don't have to clear a specific content yeah. to get the prize. You just have to clear something. Absolutely. So that helps. Um, but in general, I don't know. I'm having a blast. I'm just so glad that 
My husband managed to make it to this one as well as all of you. Yes, it's so exciting. cool. So, so cool. And uh, now we're, we're, this wrap up is not going to be maybe as long as uh, fan fest wrap ups have been in the past because we've got our after party to go to. Two hundred and seventy people RSVP'd. More going to be showing up at the door. This is insane. Okay, over to you, Escalia. Yeah, I got to get your reactions. What did you think of the trailer? What did you think of all the announcements? The trailer was amazing. It was like shorter than I kind of guess I thought it would be, but it told an awful lot and it gave us a really good look. The first thing that struck me was the hub area, the Ralgar's Reach. Yeah. Ralgar's, yeah. It's humongous. Well, I think what's notable about that is that's going to be what I think our next Idleshire is going to be. Exactly, but it's huge. Like, think about Mordona and Idleshire. Right. This place is huge. It's huge. It's, it's comparatively a lot bigger, but also it's not Alamigo, which means I think that that's pretty much a soft confirmation that Alamigo is going to be uh, contested territory yes. and that that's going to be a much, much more interesting, uh, you know, a much more interesting location than maybe any of us thought it was going to be initially. I think I, I think everyone had the idea that, look, this is going to be the sixth city-state, as we or the fifth city-state as we move forward. And uh, I don't think that that's a foregone conclusion anymore. I think that it's still very much under Garlean control. And now we have this dichotomy between the two generations of the people yeah. who have been living in Alamigo, those that remember what it was before Garlean rule, and those that have only ever known Garlean rule. And I think that that's going to be the most interesting dichotomy and the most interesting narrative setup that we've seen in FF14. Yeah. It's going to be super interesting as all the uh, artwork that they've shown and all the screenshots, it always shows like the humongous Garlean wall and everything Garlean is humongous and it's like swallowing yeah. Alamigo on the other side. Absolutely. It's a very cool aspect. I think the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is in both A Realm Reborn and in Heavensward, the final zone that we went to was never really used for a whole lot of content. Right. I'm predicting that Alamigo is going to be our Aziz Law, but I think we're going to be spending a lot more time there. That's that's a really interesting prediction because uh, along with this, we also got confirmation of a new zone and a new event type uh, known as the Forbidden Land of Eureka. And I think that this is where we're going to see a lot of the deviation from the pattern that we've seen in previous expansions in terms of content. Nika, what do you expect to come out of uh, of Eureka? Because it, what it, it sounded like was, you know, yeah, we're going to have NMs, but this is going to be an endgame zone, much like either Sky or Sea was back in 11. I'm hoping that's what it is. I'm hoping that it's what we all wished Diadem would be. It yes. wasn't. So, I mean, yeah, if they do have 72-hour pop NMs, okay, but as long as there's also like, I'm, I know I need a variety. Right. You know, if it's just like, oh, go there, that's where you find the pop NMs, kill it for your relic item. Yeah. I would be very disappointed. But, you know, if there's, you know, all these objectives and different quests and all of that, I'd, I'd be really looking forward to now, it. Now, we've got tons of people who are streaming through as we're recording this. We've got some people lined up at our guest mic over here. And I want to throw it to them. I want to see what they have to say about uh, what we've seen out at FanFest. So, uh, whoever would like to be our first guest, please step up to the microphone here. Go ahead and introduce Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Isabel Drake of Balmung. What's up here? What's up, Isabel Drake? Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with LBR and joining us for our uh, post show wrap up. So now, what did you think of the uh, 4.0 announcements, the trailer that we got to see, uh, you know, start the day out with? What are you most excited for for this next expansion? Um, definitely the new environments. Yeah. Throughout the whole presentation, 
I feel like Yoshi knew that he had eyes on him, and once again, he had something to prove. There was a bit of yeah. nervousness in his voice and the way he presented himself, so he's back on the ball. Plus, that movie was fantastic. It really was. It so I, was. I think that the girl... It's not Ida because they said we would be introduced to her. They explicitly stated that. Okay. So my theory is that she is Ursula from FF4 The After Years. Huh? <laughs> oh, oh you know, dear. Most surprisingly, the thing that a lot of people have been saying to me is it's the environments that yeah. they've been looking forward to. Yeah. You know, we, we know that Square Enix wanted to reintroduce that element of exploration in Heavensward. And during the leveling process, they were able to do that. But once we got flying, it kind of lost that sense. I hope that they haven't abandoned that sentiment. And going into Stormblood, I think, is a perfect time with all the zones we've seen so far to really put that back into the game. You know, I think that that's a great point. And, you know, we've, we heard that the zones are going to be sprawling. They're going to be massive. So, uh, you know, we don't know if they're going to be increased from the size of Heavenward zones because they were fairly sizable zones. But I think just in the, in the, in the notion of, you know, uh, you know, these are going to be dangerous zones, the way that they end up laying out the content in inside of those zones is just as important as any of the, the actual graphical design there. So I think that that's an interesting point that these new zones, these new, uh, you know, the new areas, the new lands that we're going to be taken into, we're going to see another side of Eorzea that we haven't been introduced to because, I mean, as they said, the, uh, you know, the, the flora fauna changes a lot as you go in between either uh, Ulda or Gridania and Alamigo. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm quite interested to see how the biomes end up changing and then as we move closer to the Garlean Empire and this is something that they made sure to point out during the presentation that we're going to be starting to see much more permanent Garlean architecture and structures that have been there for much longer periods of time and I think that is something that's way more interesting than uh, you know than a lot of these Garlean camps that we've seen set up in the past the Garleans I think are one of the most interesting people in Eorzea because their motivations are not necessarily 100% gleaned by the player or by the people of Eorzea. We don't know what their end game is. And a lot of times it sounds like their end game, their end objective is just as altruistic as ours, but they're choosing a different way to go about it. That sounds a bit like Garlean sympathizing right there. I'd watch my tone if I were you. <laughs> the only good Garlean is a dead Garlean. <laughs> I just want to draw back to what Isabella was saying right there, is that Yoshi presented himself very differently this time around. He did seem like a man who had a fire lit under him this time around. He felt like he had something to prove. You know, like. I, and I've got to say that FF14 is always at its best when it has something to prove. In the transition from 1.0 to 2.0, boy, did they ever knock it out of the park because they knew what was at stake. And I think, you know, if you if you measure the sentiment coming out of 3.0 in Heavensward, I think the sentiment was way stronger in 2.0. And so I do feel like if they felt like they had something to prove that that may be a little bit legitimate. So yeah, I can see where you're coming from in that perspective. Uh, but at the same time, I think what they've laid out for the next phase of this game is really impressive that deviates from the from the pattern that we've seen. So uh, yeah, a lot of the, you know, the environment that I'm most curious about is the mountain that has that big divot cut out of it. I really want to know what the hell 
going on there. That seems like one of the more interesting stories that's going to come out of this, out of these new areas to find out what exactly. Maybe it was a calamity. We don't know what carved that that almost teardrop shape into the side of that mountain. Boy, that's going to be an interesting answer to get. I'll, I'll be willing to bet we find out when we're facing down with our new bad guy, Xenos. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, thank you very much, Isabel, for the question. Can I ask one last thing? Sure. Um, I feel like that new zone that we saw in the trailer, Rogers Reach, I definitely feel like that's going to be our new hub yep. as we go into the expansion. And the city proper of Alamigo will be our end goal. And I feel like as we progress through 4.x, we will see them deconstructing some of the Garlean architecture and restoring it to the former Alamegan glory. That would be very interesting it'd to be see. It would be very cool to see an opposite of Mordona. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it would be a little bit of an opposite of Mordona because, yeah, like reclaiming a lot of those things, I think that that's going to be a big deal. Um, you know, we, we may we may even see something as iconic as, uh, you know, a, a group of Alamegans pulling down uh, a, a statue of the uh, Garlean emperor, emperor. I think that would be a very strong statement oh, to yeah. send to people, and and it would uh, you know it would call back to uh, a lot of you know the time that we were growing up and seeing a lot of the things that we did on TV, helping to relate a lot of that firsthand. Uh, so I think that that's a very interesting uh, interesting observation, Isabel. Thank you very much for the time. Like thank to, you for having me. Yeah, we'd like to get some other people in on the mic. Let's get someone else here in on the mic. Come on in. Anyone? Anyone? Yep. Come on in. Uh, hey, this is Darts. Uh, Longtime viewer, supporter. Love you guys. Darts, uh, thank you for listening. By the way, I, I have to say, back during my Ultima Online days, that was my character's name was Dart. Oh, oh of course right. it was. People think I took it from uh, Legends of Dragoon. Which is fair, because that's where I took it from. Th th oh, this okay. was before or after Reigns. That was a while after. <laughs> Uh, I just think it's very interesting that we know so little from this very brief trailer, and I feel like Final Fantasy XIV is really at its best when you can imagine. When it's just, it's all open, it's all theory crafting. It's what's what's it going to be? What can they do? Definitely. And seeing if they live up to the fans, yeah, you know, expectations and hopes. Absolutely. You know, one of the most interesting things about producing Limit Break Radio is that we have a, a much easier time producing our shows and, and having the discussions that we have when we don't have concrete information, when we're able to kind of speculate and go off the rails. 2.55, I think, was one of our best episodes ever where we're talking about the end of A Realm Reborn and what we could possibly be seeing in the next narrative leg of, uh, of uh, you know, FF14. And I'm really looking forward to that same period here here, moving from 3.0 to 4.0, because Square Enix, if nothing else, they know how to present a story. They know how to keep us wanting more. And I guarantee you, in the transition from uh, 3.5 or 3.55, whatever we ind indeed end up getting, into 4.0, it's going to be as titillating as the the move from two to three. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I think your sentiment there of how they only showed us just the smallest glimpse and we're able to take so much. Uh, Scalia, you said that you thought that, that that the cinematic was short and it was, but remember they said that that was just such a small yes. snippet yes. of the whole thing. And you know, watching the concert that we did and both of Susan's performances, we got to see uh, the the Realm Reborn answers cinematic. We have to see the Dragon Song cinematic and. 
there's so much in there, and I'm willing to bet that what we saw in, you know, at the beginning of that uh, that panel was going to be what's at, at the start of uh, Stormblood's, you know, big cinematic. It's big theme. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Well, you know, one of the things that we don't have moving from. 3.0 uh, to 4.0 that we did have coming from 1.0 to 2.0 and a little bit to 2.0 to 3.0 is we didn't have that big end cinematic like we did with uh, End of an Era, right? Like that set us up for something big that was coming. In 2.0 to 3.0, we had that big plot point of the Sultana getting the axe or quote unquote getting the axe. So what do you guys think is going to be the big cliffhanger that's going to leave us from 3.0 to 4.0? Right. Because we should have we should have an idea because it should be starting to play out right yes. now. Yes, and I actually talked to Juxta earlier about this, and he thought that this line pertained to something else, all right? Okay. Finish the MSQ. Uh, Pop Limo has a line where he says something along the lines of, I never should have given you that accursed mask or that mask or something. He thought that he was talking to Yidda. He kind of said it under his breath. Okay. I think he's talking to the Griffin, and I think that oh. something big is going to go down with the Griffin. You think? That's yeah. an interesting theory. Uh, it's going to have to be something huge to happen because it will have to be something so massive that it shakes the four nations, this new, this freshly formed alliance, to go to war effectively. Yeah, it is going to have to be a pretty big catalyst. Uh, Juxta, do you have any uh, any inkling what, what could move us from uh, 3.0 to 4.0 narratively? Well, remember that uh, we already know the Griffin. Like, it was stated that we helped him when we were leveling up. That's true. And so but that was just his his helper. His person. helper. His okay, that's right. Yeah, that's still going to play a big role because. It has to do something because they wouldn't have added that if it wasn't going to have some kind of relation to the story. So maybe I think that's going to be a, a kind of a some somewhat of a hint. Siren actually went and looked up who that guy was. You do help him in the 2.x, like 2.0 quest. Yeah, really? You can actually find who he is. Huh. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, what do we think about the idea of the Griffin? Isn't Ilbert technically still alive? Ilbert sure is, is still alive. I yeah. think he's going to come back and play a big role. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt that Ilbert is going to play some kind of role moving forward because that is one of the very few plot lines that we have dangling open. I feel like uh, it would just be like a big waste if the Griffin ends up being Ilbert again. I don't like, think so. I wanted to be someone I mean, else. May, I mean, yes, but the thing is, his whole thing was how jaded he is about the fact that nobody wants to go back and take Alamigo. So who better to start this little rebel alliance the, yeah. that's going to go so in and take obvious. it over? It's, it's so obvious. It is. That would be two expansions in a row that basically end with Ilbert sending us to a new area. Hold on, though. Hold on, though. I think what would make it interesting, because obviously we all hate Ilbert, yeah. right? I mean, look what he did to Raubon. Right. What would make it interesting is if we have to work with him. Huh. Yeah, that that would absolutely make I mean, it very interesting. I think that interesting. we're going in that direction. Eden and Papalimo are already working as part of that, but I'm more interested in, we haven't actually had any hints of this yet, but you know how we had Astinian, who was the Dragoon NPC, who became a huge part of the, the storyline. We have Vitergelt, who's the Monk oh NPC. My God, no. Yes, he, no, it is like... He's no, he's not. Okay, Kalos says he's terrible. If you've done the Monk storyline yes. quest, he is more or less confirmed to be a runaway prince of Alamigo. Right. So, I think Overrated. for him to become kind of the new Astinian. I'm really excited. Okay, I, now here's... I called... No, no, I lost. Why do you think he's horrible? I have to know. Oh, well, all right, you know, maybe not him exactly, but just... All right, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him get reinvigorated because even through the Dragoon storyline, Astinian was like, you know, okay, right? But I think that that, that whole monk storyline of, oh, go here and get readings, go here and get readings was so boring. You suck. Okay, now what? I got it back. I got it back. Okay, I'm like back, uh, I made a prediction about Ilbert, how I didn't like him. 
I'm getting the same vibe about Poplimimo. Yes! I, I the biggest thing is because he took that weapon, right? You get it. They entrust the weapon to you. No, and Poplimimo's like, can I have it? And we're just like, okay. It's That's just even, as dumb as throwing Nidhogg's eyes over a cliff. You just hand it over to someone with no reason whatsoever. I would never do that. I wouldn't, but still. You trust, we haven't, he's a scion. No, but we trusted him, but he and Ida also stayed in hiding. They were in freaking Little Alamigo the whole time and never said anything to us. They have their own agenda. They have, no, they have their own agenda. We don't know what they're up to. And without even asking, without even asking, why do you want this? We're just like, okay, here you go. Yeah, like, and, I wanted to this punch is, myself in the face. He's the mage. This is right on the heels of uh, Urian Jay's uh, yes. turncoat. And I feel like if you're, dude, the, the, the trust is wearing thin even between our our little group of the of the remade scions. I, I, I do think that it's strange to give, just straight up give that weapon to Poplimo. He well, gives a, a, like a cross look to Yida too on his way out. You yeah. noticed that, yeah, right? Yeah. Now here's what I'm thinking. All right, I'd like to see a major betrayal by one of the scions. Yeah. But after the uh, the fake out with Urianje, like would it, it really do that much? And I, especially with uh, Alfino having now just said, okay, we're gonna do this differently from now on. Right. I would love to see him just screw it all up again, again all over again. <laughs> Before uh, darts, the fall two. Darts. Thank you so much for the question. We appreciate it. Got any shoutouts? Comment. Uh, all right. I, I sure. Just, I want to throw out the theory that I do think that blonde mysterious woman is Ida. I most most people most people are um, on the same the page on that one. Tends to agree. So yeah, far. yeah, a lot. Uh, I was also curious, Nika, the uh, concept art, which I feel is a soft confirmation of samurai. No. Did that I look mean, a little tanky? Zenos? Yeah, did yes, that look a little, he had a little, big little ass sword. I definitely noticed that, and I am on that hype train. All right, absolutely, one hundred percent. No, yes. No, just before before we move on from that, I'm most interested in Zenos's uh, uh, motivations because it said that you know they said on stage his motivations very they contrast starkly with a lot of the other legatuses, and most of them have been very very concentrated on subjugation on expanding territory and now we know that Zeno has or Zenos has been in Alamigo and he's been entrenched there now for 20 years and I'm 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 kind of curious what he might be protecting. Like, what is the motivation to stay in that one place for that long? It seems to me like it would make the most sense to me if he was protecting something. What is he protecting? That's a good observation. Uh, I actually wouldn't have thought about that right off the top of my head because he's obviously well past the subjugation stage, right? right? So you're right. Why do they want to stay there? We, on a previous episode, talked about how one of the only things that was left loose was Omega. And we got, there's a little scene at the end of the MSQ where they brought Omega back in, but still nothing's tied up. And we thought it was weird that if we go to Alamigo, it's going to be really strange to have this one thread, Omega, that takes us back over to Cartano again. Right. So the theory was posited that maybe Omega isn't just in one place. Oh, interesting. It's an interesting... Reassemble them or something, or He's or got pieces, or maybe they found like the controls form in one place, and you know Omega proper is somewhere else because they haven't shown us anything. Yeah, all we know is that Omega in whatever form is somewhere in Cartano. What if the Legatus has actually made 
Alamigo better. Like the economy's booming. We're actually like making progress in technology. So we and go in and we feel horrible when we take it. Yeah, out. we're like trying to take like take it over. But like, are we really the good guys in that aspect? I, no, I, I think that that's actually absolutely a theme and a dichotomy that we're going to be playing with. To explore something like that. Yeah, I definitely think where we're fighting with our own morality. Look, I definitely think at some point in this storyline, we will have to question: Are we just invaders? Ten, ten years ago, we heard a lot of uh, you know just on the news in general: Are we being greeted as liberators? And I think that that phrase could be very applicable in this situation as well. And that gives a lot of uh, that gives Square Enix a lot of liberties to say a lot of different things with the me- you know with the meta commentary that they're making We here. just want their oil. <laughs> Uh, what I would like to see using that dichotomy, you know, the whole, you know, are we invaders? You know, who's really going to be our friend and foe? Obviously, the whole espionage and spy thing. Right. Which side are you really on is going to play a big, big part of it. And what I would like to see is a meaningful character death that happens because we trusted the wrong person that completely overshadows Harsh and Font. Yeah, it, you know, and I feel like we may have been working towards Tataro that. Tataro needs to die. I, I, I think like we may have been working towards that, like a, a theme like that with with uh, Yuri Anjay, but they they didn't. Like they, it, it just ended up being a, a plot that never... Calling it now. We leave Tataru with Poplimo, who uncovers his plot, and he has to kill her. Mm. Oh. Is Tataru clever enough to uncover his plot? I Maybe. Don't know. Are you kidding me? Tataru's like the kooky. She's the weaver of the group. <laughs> the can kooky we, of the group. Can we take a minute just to ask, did did Yoshi Soft confirm Garlemald for 5.0 in that? I that, caught that Was that, that an too. accident? <laughs> I Yeah, I definitely <laughs> caught that. I, I, I really feel like uh, he may have been hinting that, yeah, in 5.0 that the intention is to go to Garlemald. I think that'd be really cool if 5.0 was like, that's the end of the Eorzean continent. We are I finishing mean, off the Garleans. It, I mean, we're going to go and liberate the big, strong territory that they still have, and once they're, once we take that back, what's next, right? Well, we don't know. We actually don't know how big the Garlean Empire well, actually plus, is. Well, plus, has it ever happened? Has some place that Garlemald has taken ever been liberated? I don't know. That's a good question. Right. So if we push through Alamigo, we take it back, not just for Eorzean, not just for the Alliance, not just for Alamigo, for the entire world. That's a huge step. Absolutely. And I could definitely see that being the catalyst for, you know what? Pushing towards Garlemald. All right. We have time for one more question. Let's let's get a couple of more people up on the mic here. So... I managed Intr- to be- introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Draku Drake off Balmung. All right, thanks for uh, hanging out with LBR. Oh yeah, no problem. Uh, I managed to beat Merchline EX. Oh wow! And get a lore book. That's impressive. And I cracked it immediately straight open to the monk page because I had to know something. And they have officially confirmed who Theodoric's heir is. The nephew that's long lost went to a temple. It's Vitagel. Is it? There you go. See? Yeah, I mean, you can, you can pretty much figure some of that out from the Monk Quest line, but yeah. it's never been officially confirmed. So, confirmed. awesome. There confirmed. There you go. There you go. Lore, lore book officially confirming it. Uh, yeah, I think that... Spoilers. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I, I mean, yeah, uh, Vietergeld is going to be playing a huge role in this next expansion. I so. He's fine. Uh, you know, we, no. we, we sort of... We could have like, guessed like, that. Literally, he, he, he's kind of dumb. No, he just has strong ideals in his his past and his, you know, wrapped up in the monk and wanting to always do good, got a little over... He was kind of like Alphano, but then he figured it out and he's better now. You know who else it sounds like you just described? Skuro. What? And he's Skuro's, dumb. Skuro's Man, better now? I don't what a so. stretch. Yeah, and uh, no points. <laughs> All right, who's, uh, who's next up on the mic here? 
Hey guys, it's Scry here. What's uh, happening, Scry? Uh, so I actually want to poke a hole in. Uh, okay, sorry about that. I didn't know how close I was supposed to get. You're fine. Theater shit. Uh, anyway. Uh, I know that for some reason you're all against Papalimo and how we shouldn't be overly trusting of him, but unlike the Ariane thing, um, there's one thing about Papalimo that makes sense of why he asked for, uh, what's the name of, uh, Tupsicati. He was, uh, if I remember correctly, he was, uh, Louis Swa's most trusted student. Is that like true? the Scry, most trusted I student? I don't, Scry, I don't want that. you to misread us. We don't trust any Lollafell. Yeah. It's not just Papalimo. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, a good L- point. Lollarito's kind of put a Lollafell's life matter, man. <laughs> well, Lorderito is an upstanding Uldas citizen and a proper businessman. He's the only one you one. can trust, really. You know what he's gonna do. Yeah, grab him by the tail. His his uh, oh, his self interest oh. is so transparent; it's almost trustworthy. <laughs> No, I, 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 uh, it, I don't know. I don't know whether to distrust Poplimo or not. I think the biggest thing is, like uh, Nika pointed out, he didn't give us a reason. He just said, "Maybe I should hold on to it." Yeah. Like, okay, here you go. I would never ever do that. He's a mage. He knows how to use it. It's broken. It doesn't matter how you use it. Especially because they entrusted it to us, the Warrior of Light, for our caretaking and protection. Hopefully, you don't have to use it. But Warrior of Light, here it is. For you. Okay, the you know, you know what goes around a lot of places. That's dangerous. How about if we take Tupsamadi, we go to Geralt, and we have him turn it into a sweet ass dagger? No, Nika, think about how often we're getting like poisoned and just blacking out. Someone's gonna lift that off us. We can't be trusted with it. Depends on where you hide it. Oh my. I've, I've learned my lesson though. I'm not drinking any more tea. I'm not drinking any more cocoa. All I do is get my heart broken and my poison uh, throughout my blood. You know who else got their heart broken? Like, like literally, Shaft of Light, Orgevant. It was more impaled, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, that's, no that's, that's pretty accurate. Are we going to have to stop making Orgevant jokes when 4.0 hits? I don't know. Well, who else is going to... I don't know. It depends on who else dies in a really uh, yeah. hilarious We could manner. always go back to Moon Brita jokes. That's true. Those are great. They, they, yeah, they who? Are. Those are always good. All right, let's get somebody else up here on the mic. Anatomically who anatomically correct minion? Who wants to say hi? Who wants to, oh, God. Don't even mention the sex doll, please. All right. Say hi. How's it going? Orpheus Hindir from Hyperion. What's up, Orpheus? Happy birthday, my friend. Thanks. Happy birthday. I just wanted to say one real quick thing. Let yes. you guys keep going. Red Mage, brother, what's up? Red what's Mage. up? Woo! All right. All right. You guys have a great rest of the show, all right? All right. Thanks, you. Thank you. you. All right. Let's the party. Let's, let's, talk, let's talk a little bit about Red Mage here before, uh, before we wrap things up. So, Red Mage, we got the soft confirm. Basically, we got the same thing as last year. Yoshi P up on stage revealing Wait, are you saying Scarlet we're not getting Scarlet Witch as a job? Revealing through a t-shirt which, uh, which job is going to be uh, coming up next. OP. Red Mage is... I hope that that's the, uh, the AF2, Scarlet Witch. So, Juxta, what do you hope to see with Red Mage? I know that you've already called it as a healer, but what are you hoping what are you hoping to get? It's going to be a healer, and, you know, what I really want to see is, for some reason, maybe, like, just put that red mage up on the front lines, healing, poking things with that horrible, horrible, um, uh, rapier. rapier, no, I was going to say whatever it was, the joy toy. Joyous. Your joy <laughs> Joyous. toy. 
and uh, casting end spells like buffing your party, just being a red mage, okay. casting yeah. haste. But I right. have to ask, you said that we should look to Alice for a red mage confirmation, but when we looked at Alice, you charged up her sword and she unleashed a huge friggin' blow. You're telling me anybody. she was not healing. She did the most damage out of the entire party. You're not thinking that we can power up red mages and they're going to be a DPS by using the, the rest of the party to power them up? Okay. Like end spells in that way? But when has Red Mage ever done DPS? When has a Dark Knight ever been useful? Final Fantasy FF4. 14. Final Fantasy 4. Yeah, Cecil. All right. Cecil. Cecil was good. Carried that team. All right. Well, there you go. Let's get somebody else up here on the mic. Hey, what's up? What's up, Sevo Kevo? How's hey. it going? Well, over me, nothing much. Just finally got here from the from the after concert into ISA. Susan did awesome. Yeah, Susan She's was amazing. amazing. She's so good. Blew my mind. So good. Think about if they think if it's as good as like she did answers and they did drink a song about how it's going to be tomorrow when the primals come up and they do probably something like they who do like um, uh, Sephiroth and yeah. and all them something. It's going to be bad. It's going to be great. I, I hope we get some I Alexander like music. I want some Alexander music Sophia. in there. Sophia, Sophia would, be would be great. So, uh, Seva, what's been your favorite uh, announcement so far today? Um, the announcement for the game, I could say the, like I said, the expansion because it's expanding the story. Um, new jobs. Jobs. Yeah, jobs, um, plural. And we don't even know. I mean, we don't know. It, it might only be two. It might be more. He I says it's going to be jobs. Two. Yeah. But Refresh my memory. Didn't we only have like, two announced at first last that's time? That's right. Yeah, we only the assumed that we were going to get two, and then However, the third was a surprise. Juxta pointed out earlier when him and I were talking that Yoship said yeah. that... He if he realized how much work went into trying to trying to balance three new jobs, he wouldn't have added three of them. Right. Yeah. You so, know, yeah. and said a similar thing about adding ninja like midway through an expansion. We didn't get anything like that. Right. The only reason we got that is because most of the work was already done. Right. Yeah. So honestly, I'm I'm hoping that we only get two jobs, and I want them to be red mage and dancer. Yeah. What definitely. Fuck you. Red mage. <laughs> oh, okay, look. Do you remember how disappointed everybody was when Leonardo DiCaprio won an Oscar because all of those memes are useless now? Us making well, fun of you for Samurai is like the bread and butter. They th can't take that away. They have to add a new tank, and I think Samurai would be do awesome. They? No, yes, yes because if they, if they add a healer and a tank, have... that balances out the jobs a little bit more, yeah, finally. Okay. No more DPS jobs. It does, yeah. No, no. Q's suck enough as Dancer they are. for healing, red mage for DPS. We, no, no DPS. way more DPS than tank classes, and then it will screw up the Qs even more. You're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> you, you, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So, like, so like, like I'm green with Nika. It's going to be Red Mage, and then the thing is probably going to be Samurai. So I can't think Thank of you. anything else. Right. I can't think Thanos of anything else. There sword. hasn't been any more leaks, it wasn't except for whatever say right. was, was whenever we you know were doing the final battle sword. with the Warriors of Darkness. You know who else uses a big sword is Rune Fencers, so maybe we'll get two fencers. That'd be uh, really all, great. All I'm saying is if we don't get Samurai, I'm probably going to make Nika cry. <laughs> oh, no, in three months in I, December. No, I think no. I think just the lack of the announcement may make Nika cry. I don't think you have I to mean, do I much on top of it. I they were going to soft announce something. It's, I'm just sad it that it was Red one. Mage instead of Samurai. Of course it was going to be Red Mage. I'm not surprised at all. All right, let's get one. Let's get, thank you, Sevo Kevo. Much appreciated. Let's get one more. Someone who's, who doesn't normally call the show, doesn't uh, may not be here tomorrow because we're probably going to be recording another wrap-up after day two. 
What's up, man? How's it going? Hey, this is Teddy Ursa from Behemoth, and I just want to say Teddy congratulations Ursa? on 10 years. I listen oh, all man. the time on Sunday. Thank First you. time caller right here, so this is awesome. That's so go. awesome. I have to say, I am so happy about inventory. Yes. My yes. retainers, yes. my back hurt because I Can carry I? so much crap. Well, you know what's hilarious? That. that was probably the, the biggest, biggest crowd reaction that we got PS3 the entire day. Support. Support oh, PS3 ending support. You're right. <laughs> those were the yeah. two biggest. Those were, those were really the two biggest. It should be noted that those two things, the reason that they're so monumental is showing Square Enix is willing to make groundbreaking technological changes. Yes. Half like like in the in the lifespan of a game. Absolutely. And that's why we haven't really talked much yet, but they're completely revamping the battle system, right? Revamping the abilities, revamping even said it, you know, confirmed accuracy is going to change. The yeah. actual battle system and way it plays is going to change completely. And I think that to me is what I'm looking forward to the most. Get those stupid think, job actions I mean, out we of there. We were talking about how Yoshi has something to prove, and I feel like if he's really revamping the way all of that works, it's gonna feel like a whole new game and I feel like we really need that right now. And I read something on Twitter which obviously makes it completely 100% true but uh, I, they spent like 15 million on Heaven's Ward going into uh, Bloodsworn Stormblood? Stormblood. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're spending like $36 million, so they're already doubling it. Well, That's don't worry. amazing. Don't worry. That's this crazy. time they're investing their profits back in the game. Yeah. What that a backhanded comment. What were they doing with the profits before that? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. wait. In, in, investing profits back into your product. I think I know somebody else who does that. I think oh. you do. Oh. I think Square Enix is taking a page out of Limit Break Radio's book there. You're welcome. That's right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for the wrap-up. Teddy Ursa, all of our guests who uh, said hi and joined us, we're going to be back here tomorrow at the end of day two. We want to hear all of your reactions, all of your stories, and uh, get to hang out with you. So for everyone who's come up and said hi, for everyone that said that they're a huge fan, thank you guys so much. This is the reason why we do this show. You guys are the reason why we do this show and we're so excited to be out here hanging out with you guys killing it with the after party we're, we're gonna pack up all of our gear and head over to the after party to hang out with you guys and we're so excited thank you guys for listening to the 2016 final fantasy 14 fan fest wrap-up show here from limit break radio live from the paris hotel thank you so much have a good night guys let's hear it Woo!